Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another victory podcast. Aston Villa 2, uh, 21. And we've ended the season on a really, really big high note, taking two scalps of the seditious six uh, to end the season. And, uh, you know, this has put a different complexion, I think, on a lot of people's thought processes, mindsets, you know, as we go into a very, very pivotal off season for Aston Villa, whether they stay stagnant or whether they go forward. But uh, we won't be getting into that too much. But, Paddy, um, that was an enjoyable game to watch today, even though we didn't have as much of the ball as we would have had in, in, in other games. You know, the team looked very together. They looked very assured. And, uh, you know, it was, it. dare I say it, it was almost like a 2020 performance. Uh, not quite. Not quite. Um, <laughs> there was there was a lot more performances in 2020 that I would be more proud of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, w- I would have to say that that moment when you saw Thomas Tuchel on the sideline waving that it was all over, that's when I started to relax and enjoy the last few minutes of it. But, yeah, um, two goals, three points against a team that's playing Champions League football next year. I think it's just another notch on on our uh, on our belt that's going to make us even more proud of our team this year because I think we've had a really good season and let's not forget you know we've had we've had a bad time since Christmas or the new year I should say but you know since since uh, since Jack's return and that start of the season run I think we've a lot to be proud for and a lot to celebrate for so one last time this season we'll open a beer and we'll say Cheers, everybody! It's uh it's been a, a, a long, hard slog, um the time since uh the time since the COVID breakout has been rough for everybody, 
But we got there in the end and we took two great scallops at the end. So I've been saving this uh, purity Aston Villa beer for today. And slanja. Slanja, indeed. I just have a cup of tea. Well, enjoy it. I will. I will enjoy my tea. Um, and speaking of uh, of tea, Bert tea uh, showed up today. You know, the enigma that is Bertie T showed up today. And, um, you know, he's somebody that, um, you know, I'm going to continue highlighting him. Look, and but I'm always going to highlight him with the caveat of he's as mad as a box of frogs, like with the ball at his feet. He can do whatever he wants with the ball at his feet. There was one brilliant thing he did today. Flicked the ball over a guy's head as if he was playing against seven-year-old kids. And then, got, then as the ball came down, just kind of cut it back through another guy's legs. Once again, as if he was playing with children. Yeah, he didn't get his shot away. Or actually, I think he did, but it was a really tame shot. And like you're just yeah. looking at him going, this guy's a wizard with the ball. He's just immensely frustrating, you know, immensely frustrating at times. But even... um. A lot of his play today, you know, he did track back a good bit. He was given a lot of license on that uh, on that right hand side, and you know, I think the last two games that he's played have been, um, or sorry, over the last maybe about the last five weeks. I think he's uh, he's shown in fits and starts what what he can do. Um, I really just hope that they just, uh, I don't know if they just tie him onto some sort of defensive training training regime over the course of the of of the the next twelve weeks. Uh, we could see a different player on on our hands there, but it's interesting that I I throwed a tweet and somebody hasn't come back to correct me yet, and I just haven't had time to sit down at it. But I think now officially that uh, Traore and El Ghazi are the highest scoring wing partnership in Aston Villa Premier League history. I'd say it's open to far. correction. Yeah, yeah, seventeen goals. Like like we've we we've only had what two players ever or. Is, is it even two players that have ever scored over 20 goals in the Premier League? First, I think it might only be Dwight York has, has done that. Um, like it's we were were historically unbelievably low scorers. Unbelievably yeah. low scorers. We finished on nine goals. Um, nine goals is one of our highest ever um goal tallies. You know, it's it's our highest since 2009, yeah. 2010. And I think it's something like our seventh or sixth highest ever goal tally uh, in the Premier League. And that's nine goals, a plus nine goal difference. We finished the year we went down. We finished on minus forty something, you know. So, uh, the, the, like we've had a monumental season. That look, it's I don't like when other people say it. Okay, it's like it's like if someone says to you, "You smell," you kind of get all defensive. But if you turn around, to someone goes, "Jesus, I smell," you know, you're not offended by the fact that you realize <laughs> it yourself. And so what I'm getting at here is that like. Villa, Villa have had some very poor seasons in the Premier League and everybody, you know, people remember that and we are a huge, huge club. We probably haven't matched our placings uh, in recent times in the Premier League, obviously, with, 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 with the size of our club, but we're beginning to eke and claw our way back up that league again, you know, which is absolutely fantastic to see. And we've ended in 11th place, 55 points, 10th highest ever Premier League points total uh, as well. That I do know. And... um. You know, it was it was just a kind of great way to end the season with six points. There was time there, like two. Even this time last week, we were wondering, will we get to will we get to fifty points? Jesus, yeah. I don't know. We were deflated after losing to Crystal Palace. Exactly, it was a really yeah. deflating deflating loss. Um, and now we're sitting here with six points. Like we lose to Crystal Palace in an absolute horror show, and then we <laughs> when we beat Spurs and Chelsea, and we have a say in the bloody top four rankings. You know, at the end of the season, it's just it's been crazy. a mental season. Yeah. 
I think I think that that just about sums it up. We had um, I think after we played Man United, I I said we'll get six more points. And the six more points that I thought were going to come were against Everton and Crystal Palace. And they came against Spurs and Chelsea. And I think that makes it a little bit more sweeter. And, you know, I think that makes, you know, you're only as good as your last result. And and players, Mm. players, fans, everybody, you know, players you're attracting to the club, fans you're attracting to the club, fans you want to bring back, they only remember the last result. So this result is going to live long in the memory. Um, The only downside is, it didn't put Chelsea out of the Champions League. I think that might have made it a bit sweeter for us because I don't have any love for Chelsea and how they've bought everything around them. And um don't think they've done us any particular damage with buying our players. No, nothing, no, no. nothing to think of off the top of my head. The only time, the only time I remember we were linked with Sean Wright Phillips when they purchased him. And I remember being sour with them over that because they came right in over the top with 22 yeah. million or something. And I remember we were... We were uh, posturing around the 14, 15 million mark at that stage, which would have blown anything we had out of. Now, I think that might have been in the, the early days of, of Randy Lerner. Um, I, I don't have my timelines, but I do remember that. Obviously, Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard for 10 million. That's probably the one that they, the really is the one that got away, considering that, uh, you know, what he went on to be in the Premier League. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm, what more annoys me is the, is the likes of. Uh... Buying Dwight York and buying Ashley yeah. Young and buying Fabian yeah. Dell. Those ones annoy me more than anything. And Chelsea, to be fair, haven't really done that on us. Um, so, look, they let poor old Leicester cost them a, a Champions League spot today, but that was their own making. It was nothing got to do with us. Uh, I would have liked to see them get in there and uh, and basically piss off the, uh, the greedy six. And uh, you know, ruffle a few feathers and, and make it more justified that the somebody misses out on, on Champions League. So obviously two of them have anyway, so and that being the two non-runners as far as everyone else is concerned, and being Spores and Arsenal. But uh, you know, I, I think I think you know we spoke about it so many times. It's been so refreshing not to have to worry about where we're gonna finish up, even today. Regardless of whether we we lost or drew, we knew exactly where we we're going to finish in the league today. But to take another scalp from one of the greedy six, it just makes it all more sweeter. I don't know. The more the league goes on, and the more this the season has gone on, there's there's been very few teams that I've actually despised. You know, as the league has gone on. Um, even if you were to ask me now, maybe I'm just a man of positive positive disposition. Uh, I don't hold any ill will to an awful lot of teams uh, in the league. Well, I do, but I can't. I couldn't tell you it now. I'm just in such a good mood after winning this game. And Chelsea wouldn't really be one of them. I do know that. Obviously, look, they've bought their history, but uh, you know they are they are kind of for quote no knickers kind of a situation with them. But it's uh, it's uh, it's just something that we I suppose really over like time is is going to change that, and there'll come a time when their history is. You know, is what we're seeing at the present, but uh, yeah. I'm I'm not too disappointed. I, like I'm I I actually kind of I actually kind of wanted Chelsea to be in the Champions League. I've got this weirdness. And I've told you this before that I don't want new clubs winning the Champions League. I want to be part of a smaller select club like we are <laughs> after winning. You, you know, I want to wallow in other teams' misery as well. Um, and I want so I I want more teams to win the league, but I want the same teams to continue winning the Champions League until we're yeah. in it. And then that then that gives us a chance to win it. Just hold our place first is all I want teams to do. That, that never really bothered me as such. I think I've said it before. We we won 
the European Cup as being champions of England. Last time um, it was done. We won it on the, the, the right way. There was, no, there was none of this finishing fucking fourth or fifth in the league and getting uh, a Champions League place because you've got loads of money, basically. Yeah. Um, this is this is a proper Champions League we won. So I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm barely old enough to remember it. I was uh, six when we did it. It's one of my earliest memories of football. Did I sit down and watch the whole game? No, I didn't. But it's a memory. Uh, it's a memory I'll never forget because you know it took it took a long string of things to to help me fall in love with football, but uh, um, I'm so glad that I'm a Villa fan and I'm proud of our our history. Um, the fact that after that that uh, you know we won the league, we won the European Cup, and then we fell apart. We we you know we we dropped like a like a stone, yeah. you know, like not Forest or Leeds or or Portsmouth, but we, we fought our way back the same way we have done in this decade as well. So, you know, our, our club is steeped in history. It's, you know, we founded what people are looking at today as a league structure. You know, it, this this is an incredible place to be, incredible place to, to watch football. I'm sure to play football. And results like today and results like Wednesday or Thursday, whatever I was trying to think today, it was Thursday, uh, Wednesday, was it? When we, beat, yes. when we beat Chelsea. This this is huge for our history because when we go and talk to players during the summer, it's going to be, oh, well, we beat Spurs, we beat Chelsea in our last two games of the season. We did the double over Arsenal. We beat Liverpool 7-2. All of these things add up when you go and look for new players in the summer. So they, anybody who looks through what's happened this year sees we're a team on the up. We're a club on the up. The money is there. The, the, we've no debt. We've absolutely zero debt compared to what's going on with those greedy six who are absolutely in the shit. The the likes of Man, the likes of Man Utah is taking money out of their club for so long, and yeah, and, you know, well, well, anyway. we've, we've no we've no debt to anyone other than our owners. Oh, exactly. Yeah, technically yeah. we've yeah. no debt. Yes, but uh, they're bankrolling the club to the tune of like five hundred grand a week at the moment. But yeah. um, but that's fine. That's fine if they're willing to do oh, it. That's all well and good as long as yeah. they don't call in call in the the favors at the end of the. As luck would have it, while I was waiting on the game to come on today, the. The playoff for the Milwaukee Bucks was was on beforehand. A rerun, obviously, of whatever. So the other team were doing quite well as well. So fair play to them. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's it was, uh, it was an unusual situation that I, I had gone down from being on our team sheet tantrum to sitting on the sofa with my son watching the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'd no idea won the game. And the two of us were cheering because it was our owners' team. So there you go. We've inherited a new team. After the after the tantrum, I went down. And I watched uh, the back end of the um, Monte Carlo Grand Prix, Monaco Grand Prix. So uh, yeah, which was a bit of crack. You know, it's all just all, just always something about that. Anyway, we're going really tangential here. We're going really yeah, tangential. Sure. You mentioned about Philip. <laughs> what else do we do? Is right. You mentioned about Villa Park, Paddy. Uh, you know that we can be proud of it. It's such a historic stadium, and we're such a historic club. But wasn't it just great to see Villa Park uh, approaching? something like normal again today um having ten thousand fans in there having the majority of them in the whole then to kind of suck the ball in there as they say um it was great to see it you know me and you kind of well me more so than you kind of had a crack off spurs about keeping the tarpaulin in the bottom bottom levels so that they could keep their um their fans in the top level so they could keep their uh their sponsorship but i thought that that was a bit that was a bit of a slight, I think, to the fans. You look at the Villa game today, we had fans in it in, you know, in multiple levels within within the stadium. 
and uh, I just thought it looked really good. And not only did it look really good, commentators at, at certain stages just said, it sounds like the place is packed. And they sang yeah. and they booed, uh, they, they, they booed every pass for the first 15 minutes that a Chelsea player made. And they sang for <laughs> and they cheered for every pass. It was real, it, you know, it was, it, was, it was great to hear fans. It was great to yeah, hear yeah. fans. And when Mason Mount missed every shot, they jeered him to high heaven. And, <laughs> you know, it, it like the, 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 the atmosphere, the banterish type um, supporting atmosphere was there. There was, it kind of raised my viewing pleasure of watching the match uh yeah. definitely a couple of octaves you know as as oh, i was yeah, watching of course it, it did of course and knowing that you were there as well it, it does make you feel a bit giddy one of the highlights for me as well was uh at one stage we we got a free kick and there was this unmerciful ironic cheer and clapping and the, the referee actually took a step back when it happened he was like oh i forgot there was fans here yeah 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 <laughs> you know yeah. so it was great. It was it was fantastic. I, I was like up cheering in my seat. I just thought it was amazing. And, uh, you know, I just can't wait to get back to it. I just, you know, it feels like a lost year, you know, all those results we've mm. spoken about because we should be talking about being in the stadium at that time and enjoying it. And unfortunately, we couldn't be. But I just hope that the team can push on. And it was great to see at one stage, Emmy Martinez pulled off a great save and he just turned to the crowd. Yes. I love that. Just, just the outrageous noise that would have never normally happened, but it was just that he fed off the crowd as well. And mm-hmm. I know he got a bit of a slagging earlier in the season from Arsenal saying, oh yeah, you can play well when there's nobody in the stadium. So I think that was just a little dig at them today as well, as if to say, well, I can play well when there's people in the stadium too. Yeah. So, And, well, and, we'll and we said that in the tantrum as well, that... You know, we wanted a good performance. We wanted players to to cheer the the. I wanted fans to cheer the players because Ali Watkins, Emmy Martinez. You know, we said and Bertrand Traore. We said like they've never played in front of Villa Park. They've never played in yeah. front of the whole end with players in there for Aston Villa, mm. and they have now. And yeah. like that's a, that's that would be something like Carney Chukmuweke comes on, Jacob Ramsey. Yeah. You know, play like guys like that that have come up through it. Like yeah. people are talking about. I've seen a couple of people on on Twitter saying, "Well, Carney's most likely going to, uh, he's going to leave afterwards. He's going to go to Borussia Dortmund for like fifteen, <laughs> sixteen, seventeen million. I'm going. Maybe he will, but if he does go, uh, you know, he'll remember coming on in in a half full stadium in Villa Park. You know, for the rest of his life. Of you know, and yeah. like. You know, little things like that are fantastic. And, and Dean Smith's no more guider. Like, you know, there's a reason why he's brought on those two homegrown players. You know, yeah, he brought them on. He doesn't I know think, if... I don't think anybody expected to see Kearney today. You know, no, I, I didn't even expect him. We spoke in, in, the, in the team sheet tantrum. I didn't expect him to be even on the bench. But yet there he was. And when, when the camera panned to him coming on, I was actually scratching my head going, this uh, mm. going to play an FAU Cup final tomorrow, and he he's <laughs> just tweeted a moment ago saying, "What a season! One more to go tomorrow night." So he's playing tomorrow night, you know. Of course he is. Of course he is. Of course he is. Why he's wouldn't he? Academy he player of the season. Academy player of the season as well. Yeah. So the, his this guy is under eighteen. He's the world at his feet. He's he's played in front of fans at White Hart Lane and at Villa Park. And you know what? I, I was bursting with pride to see him come on today because it really rose the crowd as well, which was fantastic. Yeah. But I, I just like to give a little mention too to a man who, you know, he took a lot of sticks since Christmas, but 
fans never got to see Ross Barkley in the flesh. Um, I saw a, a, a very prominent Leicester fan mentioned today um, who has a little bit of a, a soft spot for, for Villa as well, that it was Ross Barkley's goal at uh, the King Power Stadium, which ultimately cost, well, was not ultimately, yeah. but one of the reasons why Leicester didn't get Champions League football. Ross Barkley had an amazing start to the season. He yeah. got injured, potentially got corona. So, you know what? I, I, I hold no grudge there. Um, you go back to how pissed off we were at Danny Drinkwater. I, I oh, he doesn't come anywhere close to Danny no, Drinkwater I, 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 Kettery, no. I'll only have fond memories of what Ross Barkley done earlier in the season. And if we never see him again, it is what it is. The management know what they're doing. But I, I think I think I think it'd be remiss of us not to mention the fact that he was he was immense in those initial games in Liverpool, uh Arsenal. Leicester, Leicester, as we mentioned, Arsenal and Jack Grealish just enjoyed the freedom when he had him in the team because mm. he was just immense beside him. But look, there we are. Thank you, Ross Barkley. I know you're going back. To uh, I, it's it, you know. it's a funny one, though, Paddy, isn't it? That when Ross Barkley tagged out, Enmar Gazi tagged in, you know, over the course of the season. Yeah. And Enmar Gazi wasn't even making the bench for the first four months of the season, you know? And he's come in, he scored 11 goals. 11 bloody goals. <laughs> like, if we had strikers that came in and scored 11 goals over the course of the whole season. And we are as critical of anybody in this podcast. Like, the most critical of anyone we are is of, of, of Gazi. But... And like yeah. today, he did. Today, I texted you at one stage about 20 minutes into the game. I said, He's going to be okay, but I can guarantee you he's looking forward to not getting injured so he can go to the Euros. And then he just <laughs> he, then he upped his game. It's like if he was waiting to piss me off first just to up his game because yeah, yeah. he ended up having a, a, a decent enough game, you know. Like he's it's it's just been, and we're not trying to rewrite history here, we're very much so acknowledging the fact that we have had a crack off him, you know, especially last season as well, you know, more often than not. But the facts are undeniable with him and with, with, with Bertrand Traore at the moment mm. that they are scoring goals. They have they have scored goals that have won us games over the last over the last twelve over the last yeah. what five months. And they just have. Yes, and, they and probably haven't tracked back and lost us games as well. But if you don't exactly. attain atone for your mistakes, you know and, and if you if you look at if you look very closely towards the end of that game we, yeah, I think I might be doing him a disservice now with Chilwell's goal, but there was an occasion when Jack Grealish didn't track back when he was playing to the right. So mm-hmm. it's anybody is capable of making that mistake. So we, we've got to take the good with the bad. When they're bad, they're substituted or they're left out in the next game or whatever. But um, hats off to, to Anwar Al Ghazi. I was finished with him earlier in the season. I'd re- completely drawn a line under him, but he's fought his way back in. I hope. For his sake, he hasn't just fought his way back in for the Euros because there's a huge future ahead of him there if he wants it. And he can play second fiddle to Jack Grealish there and come on and, and you know, puff his chest out and do whatever he needs to do. But he's probably going to be second fiddle to Jack Grealish down that left-hand side. And if he's willing to put in the fight when he comes on, he will be rewarded for it. And saying that, look... <laughs> We've given the shop window as well. Who knows what kind of an overhaul this team is going to have in the summer? I yeah. don't think it's going to be eleven players worth of an overhaul. And if he if he if he touch wood goes and has a good Euros, you never know what's <laughs> going to come out of it for him. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just say some, yeah, some team in in Italy wants to spend twenty five thirty million on him. Look, I don't think anybody would stand in his way for money like that. It's it's unlikely, but you know, mm. um, until and, and we're the great thing about it is we're not in a position that we need to sell him for 
anything. You know, yeah. we don't actually even need to sell him. He's probably even worth more to us than like he's probably worth, like we're not going to be able to replace him for 18 million or 15, 16, 17 million. No. That's not to say he's worth that, but bring a new player into his new to his system, having to learn it and everything, you no. know. Stability for players like that, for flair players, for for players that you know that wouldn't have an all around game, and he, and let's face it, he doesn't have an all around game. He, same with Bertrand Troy, he doesn't have an all around game. Players like that need stability, and they need need some sort of structure so that they can, you know, other players can learn can can learn what what, what they do, what they don't do, and you know, cover for them essentially. So the team needs stability for players like that. So it's um. It's he's he's he for me is the most interesting prospect of the players we have under contract still at the club. Um, I thought it was interesting today. Douglas Louise didn't get a run. I wonder if Dean Smith wasn't giving him a run and hasn't has been maybe you know taking him off a couple of times over the last 10 12 games, you know, brought in the camera and stuff. I wonder is it to kind of see what we have in case the buyback is enacted? I don't think it's going to be enacted. I've read some places where. Man City are not that interested in enacting the buyback clause on Douglas Louise, but he didn't get a run today. And mm. um, I think that was probably like Jacob Ramsey and like two two central midfielders came on today instead of a Brazilian international in Douglas yeah. Louise. But I think that's more down to the fact that Nakamba had such a, a cracking game today. That's probably and, true, yeah. And, and uh, you know, let's take our hat off to him. He was immense. He was absolutely immense. I don't remember him putting a foot wrong today. Um, we a lot of people called him out for putting a foot wrong for the, the Spurs goal the other night, and then transpired that he did actually get a call to say he had time, and he had no time. So these things happen, but uh, I I I would imagine that that's why we didn't see Douglas Louise today because Nakamba was just unbelievable. He was marvelous today. He was marvelous. He was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another person I think who goes under the radar, who definitely went under the radar in this game today. And uh, I'm actually going to say one one that was better than I thought he would be against this team, and one that was worse than I thought he was against this. Th- he would be against this team. Saying not saying that he played played poorly or not, but the guy who played who I thought played really well was Courtney House. Surprise, surprise! I thought Courtney House played really well, and he just did. You know, solid yeah. as the day is long. De- dealt with everything. Nobody got turned at him. No one got around him. He stood his ground. He was like, you know, he was just no nonsense, solid, unspectacular. Guys, having a third defender like that is having a third center half like that. They can come in and play on the right right hand side of defense as a left footed player isn't his normal position, and just not make any mistakes. Like I think the narrative now of oh, he, he, you know, he has, there's a rick in him. I think it's gone. I think it kind of has to be. We've yeah. we've not seen it in one full year in the Premier League now. Um, and yes, his distribution is poor. Uh, his distribution, he's he's actually he's. Short distribution is poor. His long distribution ain't that bad, but his long his short distribution is poor. But I'm happy enough he stops goals. I don't need my creators to be my center halves. I don't need to have two friends Beckenbauer's inside there, like you know. I just don't. Um, but the other person then that I thought was maybe a bit off the pace today and just kind of gave me a glimpse that up against better, uh, I'm going to say better opposition because I thought that they attacked out, they talked attacked really well down that wing. I thought, I thought, um. Kanza, I thought Kanza got caught too narrow, too uh, too concise in defence. He offered nothing going forward today. Not saying he played poorly, but Ben Chilwell had two or three chances at the back post, you know, and they came because Kanza, Kanza was very close, very tight in towards house there as well. And, you know, he, he's grand there as an auxiliary right back in certain situations. 
Matty Cash's position is is quite safe, I think, at right back. But then again, I think that like Kanza is obviously who I play alongside Mings. You know, when when yeah. uh, when everybody is fit, that's a nice having. Thing, uh, yeah, one thing moment. just a by the way thing. It's it's very hard to readapt to go yes. from a right sided central defender to a yeah. right. I'm not I'm not going to say wing back, but the, our, our two full backs are capable of. Um, I don't remember used to remember this game. There was a game called Total Football where he, the players used to go forward and want to come back. I don't know what yeah, you remember. I do remember it. Yeah. Um, but when they're when they're right, what the way I always determine or when I'm coaching, I explain there's this game where you know if the right full comes forward, the left full has got to come back, yeah. and and vice versa. But I, you're not going to get that from Ezri Konza. He just I don't think he has the legs for that. But by God, has he got the legs for centre half? He, he, you know, he's up there with our players of the season. There's probably Absolutely. four or five of them. There's four or five of them that you could couple together and go, or obviously not couple together because there's four or five of them. But they're all together in, you know, in unison. That could very well be player this season. Um, you know, all, and and it's all our backline. Our backline has been immense all throughout the season. Unbelievable to see. The players player of the season, the fans player of the season, and Jack Grealish not even get a, a mention, yeah. even though I know he missed the tour of the season, and that's probably the reason why. But uh, I don't even think no... he would have, I don't even think he would have got it anyway. Emmy Martinez was so mm. good, I think so, yeah. Um, and the players player of the season then was was Maddie Target, Target. Was, yeah, was brilliant, Absolutely and that's fantastic. Do you know what? Isn't it brilliant that like you can it was almost it would have been almost unanimous who was our player of the season. Target or uh, or Emmy Martinez, mm. Ollie Watkins, I would imagine, would have finished third. You know, because yeah. he's been fantastic as well. And this then you're season. looking at Kanza, Mings, looking at Kanza, yeah. Ash. You know, there's so there's so many, and and I'd imagine it was very very close. The simple fact that the fans player and the and the players player is different would tell you that it was very close. It has to be. Mm, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Um. But it was great. It was it was great to have those announced as well before the game. Uh, you know the fact that those two little, yeah. little, little things happened, and obviously Carney being there, you had the three of them there. You had fans there. I think it was the right thing to do. You could instead of making a big social media um, event of it, which they they announced on social media, but instead of making it all about a social media event, but they did it was they announced it in the stadium. And it was brilliant. You know, yeah. it was it, it was fantastic. Even see pictures there of um Carney Chuck Mwaka with his uh his trophy on the pitch. You know, as well, which is which is great. Like, like, look, the kid might have aspirations of playing, of being the best midfielder in the world, and maybe playing for Barcelona or Real Madrid at some stage. But he's going to remember getting that trophy. Like, that's the thing. And and who's and, to say and, that he doesn't want to become the best best midfielder in the world at Aston Villa Football Club? Because that's I, where I, I tell you, he, he will be the best player, best midfield player at Aston Villa before he moves on anywhere else. Yeah, because you know we've seen it so many times. The media are trying to sell our players. We, yeah, don't yeah. Need, we don't need to sell our players. Yeah. No, I'm I'm just looking at morons talking absolute rubbish about selling Jack Grealish. Like realistically, if Jack Grealish is going to be sold, the only two teams in the world that can afford him is Man City and Paris Saint Germain. Nobody else has any money that they're going to put out a mm. hundred million to buy Jack Grealish. So what? Why the likes of Gary Neville and his ilk are trying to sell him to Man United? They're fucking dreaming because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and and the same the same goes for for Kearney because the, the lad has so much potential, but yet still has so much to learn. And 
he can learn it here. He can learn it with us. And the world is his oyster then. If he wants to go mm. and play for Bayern Munich, so be it. Or maybe he feels he's better off at Aston Villa where he's going to get a game and he's going to be the centre of attention. And he's, he's going to be the man beside Jack Grealish because there's so <laughs> there's no reason why he can't be that fella operating through the middle that, that has so much time on his hands when Jack Grealish gets the ball mm. to him. Because Jack Grealish, you saw it again at one stage today. There was five men around Jack Grealish when he got the ball. Isn't it just absolutely horrendous? Yeah. I an interesting one for you. Any statisticians out there that can tell me? Statisticians, should I say, that can tell me that game today had three people who had their hands taped up as if they were after breaking a bone in their hand or something. Is that the most that's ever happened in Premier League history? I found it unbelievably off-putting seeing Jack with a cast that almost what looked like a club on his hand, like like a cast. As Piliqueta had one, Mings had one, Mings nearly always has one. But I just found it really off-putting, the amount of guys who had, who had bandages in their hands today. Um, don't know where that came out of, I just remembered it today. Um, but <laughs> it, was, uh, it was one of those things that put me off um, when I was watching the game today. But um the yeah and, and you are right about Chuck Chukweka there as well and um and even Jacob Ramsey coming on like I'm not a huge fan of Jacob Ramsey playing in that in that wide right role um I can understand why they brought him on to try and get more of a a foothold in midfield he wasn't going to be bombing up and down that wing it was supposed to get get him more of a foothold in midfield and and uh it allowed Jack to go over onto the left as well um, which was uh, interesting because when Carney came on, they put him in the number ten role. You know, they put him in yeah. there, and and that was that was just fantastic to see. Um, so so there's it's like it's really interesting. We talk about we need we need winger A, we need winger B, we need winger C, and we probably do need a winger. But if you were to have asked me twelve weeks ago, do we need two wingers? I'm not so sure we do. If you were to ask me twelve weeks ago, do we need two centre midfielders? I would have said absolutely yes. Depending on what happens with Douglas Louise, I definitely think we need one and I probably need to upgrade another one. But if we do that, like think of it this way, we're waxing lyrically here about Carney Chukmoweka and talking that Jacob Ramsey has a future at this club. If we buy if we buy two more midfielders, where the hell do those two guys get game time? You know, so there's gonna be a really delicate balancing act here. Um I wouldn't be surprised if you know if if, if a bid came in for Douglas Louise, I wouldn't be surprised. Whether we accept it or not, I don't know. But I think I, teams will think I they can get Douglas Louise from us. And they might be able to get him for for the aforementioned 25, 30 million mark. And you know what? And and to be honest with you, depending where the team is and depending on the bid that comes in, I don't know. I don't I, know what I would say. Well, I honestly have a sneaky suspicion that Man City are going to activate this clause. I honestly do. It's just just looking around, you know, their, their, their presentation seemed to go on forever and there must have been 400 people on the pitch being acknowledged. But I'm looking around going, yeah, probably fit in there, probably will get a game, probably get a game from time to time. They've got, they've got so much talent further up the pitch, there'll be plenty of time for him on the ball. I would not be one bit surprised because of his profile now with being a Brazilian international being the fact that he's played so many Brazil games that he doesn't need the the work, work permit. permit. Yeah, and and the fact that they have him at a relatively cheap price. And let's face it, if he if he gets to a World Cup in two in two years' time at his relatively young age, what will he be then? About 25 and, and has a decent World Cup. 
they could literally sell him anywhere. So to get him in on that buyback clause, on let's face it, probably not Manchester City grade wages when it comes down to it. So it might be a cheaper option for Pep to go with, and for that reason, Pep loves him. Pep loves him. Yeah, he absolutely does. So yeah, in the back of my mind, I'm going, yeah. I'm I'm kind of 50-50 to whether Man City will take him back. And I think it is a huge possibility that it will happen. Mm. It'll, it'll be a really interesting one. And, and, you know, the fact that he's been in and out of the team in the second half of the season, I think Dean Smith has been judicious in the fact that it's, it's a possibility. And yeah, when we were mathematically safe, more or less we've been mathematically safe since probably before Christmas, really. We had a lot of points built up at that stage. You know, we, other teams weren't going to claw it back on us. And if they did, it would have been an absolutely stunning turnaround, um, an absolutely mm. stunning turnaround. And, you know, he did br- start to bring in the Kamba. He did start to bring in Jacob Ramsey. He did start to, you know, to, to do things like that, to try and see what our midfield was made of. And um, maybe that's it. You know, maybe he is, maybe there's a bit of succession planning going on there, but we will look, this is a Chelsea review pod. We've gotten really down in the weeds on, uh, on, on player, <laughs> player reviews and player profiles. Yeah. And they're all coming up. They will be coming up soon where we will kind of more or less take a player and discuss a player in depth over the course of how we felt we, they did for over the course of the season and bring facts and feelings and all co- t- sorts of conjecture yeah. into the equation as well. And that will be coming. But, um, no, it was just an it, it was it was an omission, not an omission today, but it was one that kind of after I, I didn't realize it until after the game, and then the mind started kind of ticking over, going, there must be a reason why Douglas Louise didn't come on. And now you mentioned there as well that Nakamba obviously was having such a stormer, and he doesn't just doesn't like to take John McGinn off. So mm-hmm. um who also know, had a really good game in fairness too. Yeah. He's had, yeah. He's had a really good last three or four games. He has, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I might even stretch that out a bit longer than three or four games. I, I, I thought when when a lot around him were gone missing, I thought he's been fantastic the second half of the season. I'd agree. I'd agree. Paddy, we had six shots in this game today. How many left-footed shots do we have in this game? Six. <laughs> no, but it could have been. We had four left-footed shots, one right-footed shot, and one headed effort. I can't, I can't. I can't even remember the headed effort. <laughs> I think the headed effort must have been. I know McGinn had a shot and it went wide. We there was there was actually a, a period of the game whereby Bertrand Troy had broke free, and for some strange reason, our players were trying to just deftly place it in the bottom corner. It was Troy had one, just tried to deftly place it in there, and I went, Ah, that's Troy. That's just Troy. But then uh, McGinn was clean through as well tried to deftly place it in the bottom corner as well. I was like, no, that's not John McGinn. John McGinn usually puts his laces <laughs> through it and sees what happens. But you know um, what? It was actually the right thing to do. It was actually the right thing to do because yeah. they both had shields in front of them being a centre half that you're placing the ball around them that gives the goalkeeper that, that extra time to react. So it was the right thing to do, in my opinion. And Royal Gazi got a header from a set piece in the 47th minute. That's who got who got the header. Gazi had two shots, Traore had three shots, and McGinn had, had one shot, and they're the only shots that we had in the game. Um, Chelsea, on the other hand, had 23 shots, of which 11 of them, 12 of them were from outside the box. <laughs> How many were blocked? Uh, I can... 17 of the 22 shots, were, or the 23 yeah. shots were blocked. Yeah, that would be yeah. my overriding thought. 
of all of the 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 chances that they had, that the majority of them, vast majority of them, were, were blocked. Mm. I remember an overhead kick at one stage. Um, I remember uh, Werner having a couple of opportunities. Of course, he had the net, the ball in the net at one stage and was offside correctly. If you go by what, what <laughs> an unbelievable tackle by Matt Target to like. So when I, I can't remember who it was, was as Pulquetta. I can't remember who it was when that just before that uh, that when that guy was offside that got the ball. Target's tackle there is ridiculously good. I know it breaks into Werner's path, but like. It, that had penalty written all over it. It was just amazing that tackle. Yeah. Go back and watch it if if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. It was just amazing that tackle. Anyway, sorry. It's all right. That's <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah. So you know, Pulisic had a chance. Uh, Mount had a reasonably good chance that he put wide at one stage. Um, I might like to add a uh, Spilaqueta who I've got great respect for. Or I had before today. I thought he just did complete shit houseery all day. He annoyed the shit out of me every time he got near the ball. Every time there's a decision to be made, he was in the referee's face. I was like, "Come on!" They, penalty, he he played a captain's penalty. role because they were worried about not getting Champions League today. Oh, they were. They were they shooting were today, and I think that transpired on the pitch that they were trying to. There was a bit oh, of panic there. I yeah. thought Jorginho was very panicked all day. I thought mm. I thought he had a very poor game. Yeah. Probably one of the poorest games I've seen play. Um, but look, the, the only stat that matters at this stage is uh, up at the corner and it said 2-1 yeah. to Aston Villa. And, you know, we can't see past that. We 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 weren't the better side. I saw at one stage they had 74% possession, maybe 15 yeah. minutes in. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? You know, we, we, we put in a shift. We, gr- we grind out the results. And that's the sign of a good team. It's always a sign of a good team that can grind out results when the back is against the wall against a really good side. And we've now done it two games in a row, and we're going. We to finished. Play. Some of the some of the statistics we had are absolutely disgustingly bad. We finished with twenty nine percent possession, six shots, a pass success rate of seventy percent. Yikes! Yeah, <laughs> what was our speed? Yeah? We were dis we were dispossessed ten times. Or was our XG? I don't know. I don't know. It's a historical stat. Um, that's what I. That's what I can. XG is. I'm sure it was go, it's going to be less than what our actual goal tally was, just yeah. based on, on what it looked like. But seventy percent success past success rate. But then again, you know, doesn't really matter. A lot of our balls were long balls today as well. So you're going to have a lesser. So everybody yeah. knows me. I love my stats, but. You know, stats are all fine, but and you can always find a stat that will will denigrate a performance and make a performance worse than it actually is. Like if I was to try, I'm trying to seventy percent pass success rate. Um, I'm I'm presuming, but it won't load for me now. But I'm presuming that the majority of those passes are going to be long balls that were off target because they we were. because we had because we had Courtney Howes in the team. Yeah, we we had a number of occasions, and even with Mings to to. Uh to to clear when when the danger was and and I'm completely fine with that. The reason I asked you about the XG was at the end of the game our XG was three one to Chelsea. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, XG XG isn't isn't anywhere near a um a, I suppose it's not a relevant indicator of what should have happened. It's a relative. Sorry, 
well, yeah, I'm actually going to go with that. It's not a relative indicator of what should have happened. It's a relative indicator of what should have happened if certain circumstances were met that have been met in the past. Yeah, exactly. You know, but, um, but I, I think it was, I, I have a vague recollection of reading before the game that the XG was 2-1 to Chelsea because I, I read it downstairs after saying I expected Chelsea to win 2-1. So, so you cheated. <laughs> By the way, no, Paddy, we've, got <laughs> we've got we've got a new thing. You say you go with two one, I go with one all, and then Villa win. That's just Villa what win. seems to happen Happy when we win. do with those when we do those things now. Yeah, except for um, when we played Liverpool and I got it right that we lost two one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the first time. Um, but look, it's uh, nobody's going to remember that we just read out. So we've we've beaten we've beaten Chelsea. Champions League qualifiers, beating them two one, and I think you know an iconic moment in in Chelsea season is Thomas Tuchel. I I just thought it was crazy that he was sitting back in his seat and he was waving his hands to say it's done, it's done, we're okay, and they just stopped playing on ninety three minutes. Well, yeah, that and do you know what is just which is a pleasing thing for me is that we seem to have exercised our London. Uh, ghosts like like we never really were good travelers to go to London or against London teams, and now all we got to do next year is we got to exercise our demons against the Manchester teams, okay. and then I think we'll be fine. <laughs> no, easier yeah. said than done, I know, but you know we've like we've gone to London or we've played against London teams this year. We've beaten Chelsea, we've beaten Spurs, we've beaten Arsenal twice, beaten Fulham twice, I'm beaten Fulham, yeah. You know, like like that's that is not bad in anyone's book. Yeah, take Fulham out of it, but you know what I mean. Like with the with the with the teams we played, We've, we beat Liverpool yeah. once. Um, could have gotten something out of the second Liverpool game. Did we draw the first game against Chelsea? I think we did. We did one one. Yeah, yeah. I think we drew the first game against Chelsea. So Chelsea didn't take a point from us. Arsenal didn't take a point from us this season. Yeah, you know, and. Sports Spurs, 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 Spurs be the shit hosiery from Harry Kane, but yeah. but you know, like it's 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 just little interesting things like that, things that we don't do as Aston Villa Football Club. But then again, we got we got no points against Brighton, no points against Burnley, you know. So <laughs> there you go. So it evens itself out. Yeah, of course. But yeah, and I think that's all that happened in this game, Paddy. I don't think there was anything else that happened that uh, that hadn't happened in quite a long time. Think there was think everything else was fine. There definitely wasn't something that happened that hadn't happened in is, a long time anyway. Is there any possibility that we might have scored from a corner, Neil? I don't know. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Bertrand yeah. Troy scored from a corner. This, this is a moment that I didn't think was going to happen all season. Since no. since you forced laid your cards on the table that you were going to sing a song if we scored from a corner. I expected that corner to be. Um, Tyrone Ming's header or something no, like that. No, I expected I expected your beloved um Courtney House to come up with a header at the back post yeah. and you to go, Oh well, this is bittersweet. We'll <laughs> yeah. we'll get on with it. But instead of all the fuckers to go away and <laughs> ping one in with his left foot as well. Like, you know, you expect it to be a header or something, you know, you that's yeah. what you do. But no, a training ground route. Okay, they picked the last game of the season to have a training ground routine, first of all. That's what I can't understand. Mm. And then the second one is miss hit corner, miss hit shot. Boy, a man who doesn't have a left foot, isn't that right, Neil? <laughs> no, he doesn't have a right foot. Oh, he doesn't have a right foot. <laughs> if he doesn't have a right foot, he proved that. Uh, he proved that. But, uh, there's so no stop. Anyway. Where do we go from here, Neil? 
Well, I suppose I did say that I'd sing a song. And what better way to end this podcast than with the dulcet tones of Neil Diamond or Neil Dunworth, Neil Diamond Dunworth singing um, Sweet Caroline. And you know what I'm even going to do, Paddy? I'm going to bring up the words so that everyone can sing along as well. If you're watching, you can sing along. And, oh, wait a minute. Will I even actually be able to? I might even have a backing track. This would be absolutely brilliant if I have a backing track. <laughs> I, Jack Woodward, I'm coming for your job. Jack Woodward does a bit of singing. I see that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell him I'm coming. I'm coming for his, his album deal. All right, lads, we're going to leave it at this. Thanks, everybody, so much for uh, listening to the podcast all through the year. You know, we've got some really, really nice heart, heartwarming messages today. You know, you kind of you kind of do this and then you kind of you, you kind of look and you go, I know people are watching, but do people actually or I know people are listening, but people do people actually enjoy it? And, you know, when people say that, yeah, I really enjoy it and I look forward to it and everything, you know, it kind of keeps us coming back every week. So thanks so much to, to everybody for that. Um, we're going nowhere over the summer. We will be back weekly, at least one pod per week anyway, to 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 whet the appetite as as and when things uh things come up. But uh thanks a million, Paddy, for absolutely everything this year. And um it's been a pleasure. Look, uh, thanks, Neil. No, you're look, I, I don't even know why I'm thanking you as if you know it's 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 us <laughs> to do this, you know. So it's uh it's but it's been great. It's 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 been an absolutely brilliant oasis of calm and um sanity and insanity when i needed to be insane i could come in here and be saying when i needed someone to be saying i needed to bring some sanity to the situation i'd come on here and someone would do that uh, in a very very mad year and just to end the mad year we're going to sing out on neil diamond's sweet caroline if it'll play for me um i'm not singing the whole fucking lot of it though i only said i'd sing oh, a yes, song <laughs> all right i said i'd sing a song I don't know if you can hear the back and check. <laughs> Did you hear the back and check? <laughs> Where it began. Ooh. I can't begin to know when. But then I know it's growing strong. Was in the spring, and spring became the summer. Who'd have believed you'd come along? The neighbor's kids are in bed. Hands, touching hands, reaching out, touching me. Touching you Sweet Caroline Good times never seem so good No good, no good I've been inclined To believe they never would Oh, now Look at the night and it don't seem so lonely we fill it up with only two (laughs) and when i hurt hurting rolls off my shoulders how can i hurt when holding you 
one touching one <laughs> reaching out touching me touching you No, I I got caught at the tap because oh, no, I don't know, did I? Because I can I'll wake up. The, there's there's people asleep next door, and I'm gonna wake them all up with my crappy singing. But just for fairness, those of you, that don't know, you got a whole lot further than I thought you would. Well, I was named after Neil Diamond, ironically enough, as you <laughs> as I was. My dad is the biggest Neil Neil Diamond fan that isn't named Neil Diamond, and um. Yeah, I've been to see him six times. So if you guys, if my credibility wasn't shot before I started singing, it really is shot now, you know? But, uh... <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said I'd do it. So look, there it is. It's done. And um, as long as I didn't have to shave off the beard, which was initially what I was going to do, um, then there is that too. You know. Um, anyway, this time, lads, we're definitely gone. Thanks so much for everything you do for the podcast. We'll catch you again over the coming days. We'll probably we might even be back tomorrow to review the youths, uh, the under 18s uh, cup final. In fact, I can see myself definitely hopping on to do something in that because especially if they win. So we might catch you after that. But guys, go away, enjoy your afternoon, um, stay safe, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.